Hey everyone, we're back. The prodigals. Because why? Because we're the prodigals. Yes. Uh, welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on pulpits or discussed during Bible studies, and that is why we are here for you. My name is Mark, and I am here with Belay, Alan. And Jed. Alright, so in this episode, we will be sharing and reacting to the news that have been circulating around the interwebs. So guys, did you hear what I hear? Did you hear what I hear? <laughs> so first news, a pastor in Tennessee is facing, facing criticisms after he asked a mom and baby to leave the service and go to the nursery because the 15-month-old baby made some noise. The mother and the baby ended up leaving the church altogether along with her friend. Reaction. Yo, that was messed up. <laughs> did you guys watch the video? Yeah, I did. Oh my gosh, like that was spicy. He was, that was he was very like, you know what people we should be we should be like slow to anger. He was the quickest to anger. I, I what did you guys think? I felt like he was he would, pretty quick to anger. I thought he tried to here. This is the impression that I got was that he tried to like, like it, it irked him, but then he just tried to slide it in. And then just keep going with the sermon. Yeah, because I think he's like, uh, ushers, can you... Can you just um, like, yeah, escort this... Uh, escort them to the nursery or, or show, something. Show them where so the nursery, show is. nursery is, right? right? And then he tried going on, and then he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right now. Yeah, because I think other people were talking, and I think that's the, what the video didn't pick up, was that other people were talking Chatting, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so it was getting distracting. I guess distracting for him, maybe? Yeah. As well? Uh, yeah, as maybe, well yeah, maybe he, like, because maybe he was, yeah, it was distracting to him, like he was losing his train of thought. Cause I remember at the end of uh, that whole thing, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna try to go go back into that mode," and I was like, "Oh, the mode of like, of uh, sermon, sermon speeching know. and thing like yeah. that." But like to me, it felt kind of, I don't know, just like it just felt really off. Like just the way he <laughs> presented it and the way, um, he, it just felt not that loving. It was just like, uh, just like, can you can you not next time? Wait, we kind of kind of knew that it was. If it made him look like a jerk, because he even said it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did. I know this makes me sound like a jerk, but like it's 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 kind of like saying like I'm gonna do this offensive thing, but I'm gonna also say, oh, not to try to sound offensive, but yeah, it sounds like yeah, that statement. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, because he's clearly pretty offensive. I guess. Well, man, it was just like it just really irked me. Maybe yeah. because like. Well, I, it doesn't, I, it's not a good look. It's definitely not a good look, especially for, like, I guess, like, if you're the pastor of the church, like, you're sending an example for, um, like, your congregation or yeah. even guests who are coming in for the first time to this church and, like, you react in this way. I mean, like, if you were in that situation, how would you react? Like, if you, do you think you'd, like, pop off? Do yeah. You'd be, like, and, really yeah, and I and think that it, when Jesus was talking about, hey, you know, don't, like in Matthew, don't judge people, whatever. I know, yeah. I know he's talking about like, there's a context, but I think that that transfers over to this because we don't know what his what his week was like. We don't know what exactly you know what the mother's week was like or what kind of pressure he's under. Speaking from that side, mm-hmm. you know, pastors can go up to forty, maybe fifty hours a week just working on the sermon itself. Sure, right, and then you know whatever whatever um, is being asked of them throughout the week, throughout the month. 
you know, maybe they're stretching a little bit thin. Maybe things aren't going well. Maybe you just received like a just a, a wave of criticism that that entire week, and it's just not it's not going well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you could tell, you know, when you when you admit that you're a jerk, but you're not you're not caring at this point. Yeah, there's <laughs> you know that at that point, like he's irked. Yeah, to some degree. Push past his. Yeah, so his that, line. yeah, so in that in that regard, in that regard, I wouldn't want to presume on that to say yeah this is the way that he normally is it's just mm-hmm. it doesn't look good it de- yes it really doesn't yeah look good so but it, it's hard on both sides right yeah. i mean you know like i said we don't know what he's going through she's clearly going to be embarrassed yeah. of course right Definitely. i mean you're getting called, called out, out right not only you but because of the kid right uh and we and we like i said we don't know what her situation is whether if she knew that there was a nursery yeah, right, with a sure. TV, uh, whether that was made clear to her or whether she was just even persistent to say, no, you know what, I'm going to stay in the... I think they can settle this down. And, yeah. Or, or she wants to stay yeah, in the right? Yeah, there's some people that will just say, no, I don't want to go there. I want to be in yeah. the main room. And, you know, uh, and if other people have problems with my kid being loud, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Right, not to say that this woman was there, but we we don't know. You'll never know her intention. Yeah, what that intention is and, and stuff. What I do think, though, you know, or the question that I have is how much more? I mean, because this is a really weird and unfortunate situation. How much on that is is on the other leadership as well? Right, because he's got to call like he's got to call out the ushers to you know sort of like handle the situation. Right. And I feel that, you know, they could have they could have anticipated, mm. you know, there's there's uh, there's a woman there's, she has a child. Um, I guess he mentioned that somebody walked out while earlier. They, yeah. Yeah. Earlier. The same situation. I, I don't know if that's exactly because of her, but, you know, a clear, it was clearly, you know, there was a thing there. So how much more of that is on like the leadership to to discuss the scenario and tell them what to do with it? I don't know, though, if the ushers were were trained to like handle that kind of scenario, whether they brought that up. Um, obviously, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I would think that it, in a more thoughtful scenario that the pastor could just say, you know, just kind of stop mid, mid-sermon, just say, hold on, we're just having some technical difficulties. Walk off a little bit so he's not in front of the mic. And then, you know, and then talk to him. Hey, like there's a you know there's a woman there. Can we mm. can we figure that out because it is disturbing mm. without embarrassing anybody and you know and causing like this scene, right? Then mm. <laughs> I got video, you know, I got had a video on it and put it up, right? And it's just embarrassing for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's easy to say you know hindsight, yeah, that you know you should have done yeah, that. But in the moment, he course, was yeah. he was pretty perturbed yeah. about what was going on, and so he was just, and he just you know from a that kind of view, he kind of laid in. Yeah, and I, as as someone who preaches kind of regularly, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, where like a baby, like even someone on their phone and not paying attention to me, like when I'm speaking, even in small groups. Yeah, it'll it's kind of like people, right? or like someone like talking, like you know, talking with someone else, like even quietly, like not even making audible noises, just whispering. Yeah, yeah. like that. It's kind of like that, that, it, that grabs your yeah, attention. Yeah, grabs right? my attention. It's like, right. why are why are you doing this? Uh, and then like, 
whatever I'm saying is just like <laughs> what's going on in my mind. I don't know what's going on in my mind. I'm just saying whatever whatever I'm saying right now, but I don't know if it really connects. Uh, yeah, so I understand where the pastor is coming from, but as you said, he could have gotten about it another way. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, I kind of like how you put it. Like, um, you could have gone off stage and approached someone and asked them, oh, can we figure this out? Rather than just asking her in front of everyone to step out to the nursery. I think, like, yeah, in, in all in regards, it can really be really just done in a better but loving way. Yes. I, I think I it was agree. just in the moment. I yeah, mm. I I could really see how maybe his week wasn't that was like not that great. Sure. Or if um I mean like I I appreciate how pastors really invest in studying the word and then bringing it up because it takes a long time. It takes a while to really figure out like not necessarily the topic, but how to break down the topic efficiently so that the congregation will understand what the word is trying to speak. And that's hard and then to have like a distraction in the midst of that, that's just like I don't like it's just it, like it almost like throws all that away and so um and so I, I I could really validate his experience but I can't really really like it's really hard to like uh see to justify the way that he did what he did because mm, what he did what he did was not right I would say oh yeah not you think it was not right like distinctively not right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would right? say so yeah mm, okay for myself yeah mm-hmm. what are you guys because i don't know it makes uh, it, make, it irks me a lot it just really irks me a lot because because uh, i expect so much from a pastor yeah. because like yeah i said as i said before like they're setting an example they are uh should be more should be <laughs> i expect them to be as loving as christ is sure. i expect them to be as graceful as christ is i expect them to be as merciful as christ is sure. and when i don't see that like it really irks me yeah. down deep down. But I know I'm the same. Like I, I have my, my slips and my my falls when I'm not being gracious and not being merciful. But it's just such a sad time that he I mean, it's a really like wrong timing where he yeah. found himself in and maybe he has like a struggle with anger or yeah. yeah. He had a bad week. So he had a bad week. Or maybe it was a see the thing is what the other thing is like how does he react in times of when he's embarrassed? Because I would think just thinking through it right now, it's just he tried to slip it in. He lost some of the the crowd, and it started to spread. Mm-hmm. Now they're not listening to him, right? And now he's embarrassed because maybe he thinks, "Oh man, I I kind of slipped up," but it's not really my fault because like, and his anger is toward or like I his his blame is toward yeah. this woman, and so he starts lashing out because he's lost the crowd from what his original intent was, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And his fallback reaction is. Look, guys, you know, I'm not going to, you know, there's other people here, you know, be considerate. You know, I'm not I'm going to be considerate about everybody. So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, it's I, I for me, I would hesitate because I, I, I'm i from both sides. Right. Mm. I would hesitate to 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 say, OK, you know what? This guy, you know, should have done this. You know, that, of course, that, that way it's supposed to go. Because like I said, we don't know what. He was going through it, particularly at that time. What I think this does highlight, though, is the need to to talk with your, you know, with talk with amongst the church leadership about the logistics of something like that, like like that scenario. Now, obviously, they're talking. They they've discussed and they've thought about kids because they have a nursery, they have TVs, right? That's in the mm-hmm. back. We don't know how good it is because I know I've been in some in some nurseries where the kids are just going. Uh, Buck wild. Yeah, wild because like there's there's and you know they're kids right so and they put toys there and so they're loud they're playing with the, with the other kids 
So maybe she just doesn't want to be there because it's, she can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And she just needs to have something to get through that week. And so that's why she's, we don't know. But, uh, I mean, I think what it does highlight is, number one, you know, talk about these things. Talk about the, the logistics of the, you know, bring up different scenarios within your leadership, with the deacons, with the ushers, you know, about certain things that happen, you know, within the worship service. These, the second thing is, um, well, how do you, you know, how do you deal with, with things that come up that you didn't plan for? Of course. Right? Um, and I think, you know, that, that, that comes too. Because I, it's nice to say, you know, think about all these things, but you're not going to come up with yeah. everything. Because obviously yeah. they've thought of these things because that's course, why you yeah. have a nursery. That's why you have a TV. But yet we still have this scenario and it's kind of a disaster because mainly because it yeah. got put out there, right? So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. I think uh, really what it comes down to is that everyone needs grace, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, grace upon grace. Grace on the pastor because as you, you said, you don't know what he's going through. Yeah. And it's really like people who don't speak regularly don't know what it's like to be up there. No, and yeah. And to how, e- how easy it is for your train of thought to be, you know, disrupted. Yeah. And for your mode of speaking to be really like disturbed, right? right. And if you, if you go there in this like mode of speaking and then it's suddenly, all of a sudden, it gets disturbed and disrupted, you kind of pause and you kind of freeze up there, right? Yeah. Um, so there needs to be grace for the pastor, grace for the leaders. And like, certainly, you know, some people will end up criticizing the woman who, mm. who brought her baby in there. Who, yeah. yeah. And, you know, grace for her. Absolutely. Well. Grace for the baby. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause especially if she's, you know, if she's, uh, she's there and maybe her child doesn't act like that, you know, on a regular, mm-hmm. regular basis. And now she's just put in the spotlight. Right, because yeah. she kind of got yeah. called out, right? And it's not like she can hide because she's there. Her kid's making all this noise, so everybody's, they're going to, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where totally. it all just went wrong. Yeah. Right? Everybody needs like, to. I, I can really see how, like, criticism, yeah, can fall into both places. Like, yeah, yeah. For, we, we spoke about the pastor, but also for the lady. Like, I've, I've sat in, like, musical theaters, and you see you hear a kid crying or a phone go off, and you're just like, like really, you know, it, it, it so that it can't. Stare. That stare <laughs> now. You're look, just like, why did you? Why is your phone open? Or like, and oh, I, I, it's fair. Like I've, I've, I've sat in shows where there's kids crying, and and in my mind, it's just like, wh- why didn't you why sit you in the? <laughs> why is the kid here? <laughs> right? And and we, we didn't pay for like the sum of money to be here. But mm. in in other words, like yeah, there's an important message being sent. So there's there is truly like criticism that can happen on both sides. I I also see um how uh, we were talking about how it can be approached at one point. Um, I think yeah, the church collectively can be better at approaching situations like that, like mm. being more proactive. Like yeah, for for the for the lady, maybe she yeah she she couldn't hear too well in the nursery. That's why she wanted to be present inside the room. So perhaps there could have been a better way to facilitate that or to help her with that. Like, is there a place that where she can be li- intently listening without being too distracted and still you know mm. providing that space? I don't know how that can be provided, but that's like initiatives that can be done. Um, uh, the deacons or, or the ushers um, being just uh, being always conscious, uh, weary and wary. Wow, 
Not weird. <laughs> but but always like alert of like like possible hindsight or possible situations. Like oh, this lady's coming out with the baby. Um, I just you know speaking with them before they enter this the uh, the, the what are you, how do you speak uh, how do you say this? Just the main room. Yeah, yeah into the main room. Exactly into the auditorium. yeah into the main room, auditorium, sanctuary, whatever it may be. Uh, and just like oh, uh, how are you today with uh, you know with your child? Is your child like? doing well and and just kind of ga- engaging conversations like that mm-hmm. uh and just to see to get a get a, a glimpse of how how it is yeah. you know what i mean like well the other thing that just comes to mind is like you know if there is somebody like there's sort of like disturbance auditorily mm-hmm. because of a kid or somebody yeah. else is like whatever uh a simple thing that you can do particularly i mean for the uh for the sound system guys just pump up the volume a little bit just give them a little bit of boost you know so that um, it, it's it's still more front than what's happening, you know, within within the seats, right? So there's a lot. So you know, at least you can mitigate some of the some of the noise that's 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 going to that's going to pull your attention away from what it is. And so maybe you know, maybe the pastor then appreciates that because you know other people aren't aren't whatever because the sound is coming loud and clear, mm-hmm. right? So maybe he isn't doesn't so and maybe he doesn't act that way. And so like I said, once you know. You, I think this highlights, you know, you, for leadership, be intentional about about you know um, some of the logistics that happened within a worship service from from a person that has preached in front of like traditional uh, congregations, mm. and then for somebody that's sitting in the pews with kids, you know, trying to keep them from not from not um, from not doing their own thing because they they'll be distracting. Like, should we should we be thinking more intergenerationally? When we do our worship, right? Definitely. Yeah. What do you mean by intergenerational? Like intergenerational. So like every everywhere from everywhere. those that yeah, like yeah. first for our elderly Author. that yeah, I mean, just understanding where where their where their context is. Mm-hmm. Right? From an elderly, from, from those that are uh that are new in the faith, for those that, that are, are seasoned, you know, you know, spiritually mature Christians to the to the teenagers, to the young kids, to the toddlers, you know, is there is that a thing that we that we need to be doing, being more intentional as we plan out our worship? Now it's tough, particularly when we have, you know, when you have the sermon because there's not a whole lot that you can do there. Is there? I think so, <laughs> maybe, because like, maybe because like, because like at first traditional church, traditional worship service, like you have a sermon. Like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sell small group again. <laughs> yeah. Because for small group, like it's not it's not centered on you paying attention and you being a consumer, yeah. uh, within just like listening to someone receiving like you giving a message. Like it's you being an active uh, participant. Yeah, in in talking about faith and talking about Jesus and talking about like. Uh, who God is and things like that, which keeps which for a person like me, like it keeps me really engaged. Because like sometimes when I sit in a sermon, like I'm easily distracted. Because like maybe the sermon's boring. Straight up. <laughs> Straight, Straight up. up. Or maybe or maybe the speaker isn't isn't as engaging. Like yeah. that's just like yeah. maybe maybe because like my, but what what I need like a lot of attention. I need a lot of things to distract me. Sure. To get it to get my attention essentially. I don't, I don't yeah. No no. I but like but like. That's that's what I think about like intergenerational worship type things. I guess like there's like there's something different from each person. And I I don't think we need to peg down uh, worship equals like you having to listen to a sermon or something like that, 
or right. like you know like kids ministry you know they have kids ministry people who volunteer and do specific kids ministry and they go off to their own place and they do their own thing like they're doing activities yeah. they're learning like bible stories and things like that like it's all i don't know uh, yeah i don't know like just but like i don't like programs <laughs> I don't like pro- I don't like programs too. Yeah. Like oh, there's a yeah. t- there's a teen program, there's a young adult program, da 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 da, da. and that like, that creates like inter like generational intergenerational problems. So I I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know, that's just what I think. That's just me. I think that's yeah. Me. I think we do need to have that kind of conversation. We need to have the, the whatever the, the that discussion and and brainstorming. Not, I mean, obviously, maybe not here, but like you know, in general within the church body, right? Because you know society being what it is with attention span with internet with all these mm-hmm. these things that impact the way that our attention is mm-hmm. you know maybe we have to learn we maybe we have to do things a little bit differently mm-hmm. it's the yeah. thing is it's not a liturgical thing within the bible that prescribes mm-hmm. yeah, us exactly you have to have the sermon this length this way yeah. this how right yeah, I think as leaders, like we can, it's just like, how can we serve the specific niche, the specific community within the community, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, how can we serve our, our elderly in um, uh, in growing and facilitating their relationship with God and growing in their faith? How can, and, and so on with the, the teens, so on with the kids, so on with the young adults and da-da-da-da-da. Um, but yeah, cause like we're, we're all so different. We all group in different generations and we all have different attention spans. We all have our... Uh, I don't know. We're more receptive of different type of things. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like. I guess like the way that I, I mean, I've been viewing sermons in a way is it kind of also functions almost like an appetizer. So like, <laughs> like uh, so some some of the best uh, some of the, I visited a couple of churches. Food, 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 baby. <laughs> I I've, I've gone to a couple of churches where they would um they would have the sermon and then throughout the week they would host uh Bible studies or small groups that are directly related to the sermon that was just preached and mm-hmm. so it's it's almost like the sermon was the appetizer but if you want to taste more and digest it more come out to the small groups and and we're going to answer these questions and dug deeper into the word in which like it was it's almost like an intro uh, this is the appetizer and then later on you'll get the the real meal and so the way that the you get the meal is it, it could all it could be to however's preference right it could it, it might be you might have a group of people who are mostly elderly mm-hmm. uh, like uh, who are more traditional and, and then you might have uh, a group of young adults who, who who carry like the the same um what is it like yeah same views in in different aspects and etc cetera, etc cetera. like the way that it's just generational right um, but yet you're still together in one church. Yeah, yeah. You you have this message, and everyone's gonna digest it in different moments of their life differently. Uh, as a kid, you're gonna digest the gospel in one way. Mm-hmm. When you become a teen, you digest the gospel in a different way. Mm-hmm. And when you become young adult, and then an adult, so, and then an elderly, so. like you digest different messages in different ways based on what our lives are around us. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, I feel like small groups allows us to facilitate those types of groups and uh, allow to allow a space where they can digest a certain message in the context of where they are now. Yeah. And and but at the same time, be able to have uh, a, u- a unified discussion, not a unified discussion, a unified place where they can all hear it at once. Mm. So that's why I almost think like sermons are like appetizers, uh, and see, then and then small groups is the meal, and then dessert is like when you actually put into action. That's yeah, where definitely yeah. Where sweet things the happen. Full course, yeah. <laughs> the, the full course meal of a believer. Yeah, and I think like what we're getting into is that like personally, I would want us to, you know, go further and further away from, like the big congregational church as the main. 
mm. um, the main experience of what a church is, right? Yes. Like that's one of the aspects of a church, but the better and, you know, like the more, as you were saying, like the way they, they digest more of like the content and mm. well, what the Bible says is through like a smaller community in its small group. Mm. Right. So, yeah. So with the speaker that, yeah, with the speaker that we were talking about, I, though based on his tone, based on the words that he used, it almost felt, it almost felt like, I don't know if this was really his motivation or, or his bias, but it almost felt like there's overemphasis that the sermon is the real food. This is all you need for the week. Um, I don't, I can't, can't say that right off the bat because I don't know that church situation. I don't know his situation, but overall, it, 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 it kind of to me from outside perspective, it felt like a lean towards that. No, it, I mean, and it's hard to not be that way when it's. I mean, that's pretty much the liturgy for the past. Yeah, know, couple for of ye- decades. Yeah, decades. Decades. Yeah, I mean, it's been this way for a long for sure, time. Definitely. Right. Um, particularly, you know, it's it's. And and I and I wish it wasn't so, but mm. it's almost like it's perceived as the pastor's bread and butter. Of course, right? yeah, you yeah. have to preach like, the word because that's the one thing that you know he does that. That's other what you're people, getting paid for, yeah, man. That's what you can. <laughs> as bad as it sounds, that's the perception that's out there exactly, that you're yeah. really there. Like you can do other stuff, and that's great, but you need to preach. Mm-hmm. You need to preach the word because that's what the Bible says. And we don't. And the other thing, uh, this kind of touches on it, is that we don't have time. To do the stuff that that you do, that's why we're paying you, so that you can give it to us in digestible bites. Wow, wow! And in my mind, there's something there's something inherently wrong in that in in that approach. There, in 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 the sense that you know, it's not it's it's not malicious in any intent. Like mm. like somebody's trying to like you know purposely draw you away from you know the way that God has um, has purposed you to like connect with Him. But at the same time, there's, it's almost like um, we're, what's, what do, how, how do I want to say this? Um, we focused on this so much to the detriment of other ways of growing, other ways of yeah. digesting mm-hmm. the, yeah. the word. Like this is the number yeah. one way to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's almost like way. we focused on this so much to perfect it to the best of our abilities. But then there are other ways that we talked about that other people digest the word differently you know and worship differently mm-hmm. right and i think that we've that we haven't put a lot of emphasis mm-hmm. on that and we haven't given that enough enough thought uh, and i think it should be around that time yeah yeah right. and all right if you don't belong to a small group uh just contact us <laughs> <laughs> good plug in good plug in uh, yeah we do small groups and um if you want to be a part of one uh, just don't hesitate to <laughs> contact us. Uh, but yeah, uh, just to wrap this up, um, really the church has to find a better way uh, to include everyone, children, mothers, fathers, families, uh, older, uh, you know, intergenerational worship. And grace needs to be present yes. in these conversations. Yes, uh, It's not just we're criticizing the pastor or mm-hmm. we're criticizing the mother. No, it's just we're trying to discuss so that we'll find a, the best way so that we can avoid uh, circumstances like these in the future. Yeah, so yeah, because yeah, they're both going to be in like this awkward. I feel bad for both of them. Man, yeah, both of them. Definitely. Right? She shouldn't have to go through that, you know, in a worship service, and he shouldn't have to go through that because he's, you know, he's put the in the effort to do that, right? But like yeah. I said, we don't we don't mm-hmm. know what they're. Yeah, and I hope, I hope they find a way to reconcile. 
and I hope that it's not too late to that for the mother that she you know won't use this as you know like a way to just like step out of the church yeah, uh, or uh, yeah and this for the pastor to use this as a humbling experience mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to be able to see where he he's he went wrong and to just be able to contact the mother and for them to reconcile so mm-hmm. yeah so small groups that's what we're anyway Uh, alright second news as most of us know the coronavirus has infected more than 60,000 people in Wuhan China more than a thousand deaths have been reported along with almost 6,000 individuals who have reportedly recovered so that's good Uh, CBN News reports that Christians from Wuhan have begun going to the streets to distribute surgical masks as well as telling people of Jesus' love for them and the hope and the hope that they have in him. So thoughts. This is so beautiful. I love this so much. Yeah, and I think this is <laughs> you know a couple episodes uh, ago we were discussing about how we can we, how we should react to something that mm. is negative uh, or like uh, an event that you know affects like lots of individuals mm. Mm. Um, negatively and i think this is one of the ways that we should go about it yeah to go in there go where the thing is happening and to just distribute the things that are needed by the people who are affected and also at the same time sharing jesus's name yeah, yeah. The i think yeah, i think this is just a great way and beautiful way that god is able to take what's like bad and take what's evil and takes what's suffering and everything like that and turn it for for good in a sense for um i don't know for like i guess for these wuhan christians to be able to step out and put i guess their lives on the line to be able to first of all one like help the the people in wuhan for like physical needs with like giving them surgical masks and protecting them but also sharing them an even greater hope of like jesus too so that's that's awesome that makes me happy and also it said in the article that like the Wuhan Christians were wearing masks, like so 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 they can cover up their identity and <laughs> they don't face persecution. I'm yeah. like, ooh, so ninja, so stealth. Because yeah, they're heavily uh, persecuted. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, ooh, that's, that's so, so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's so I, slick. Actually, I've got. I don't. Mean, I don't want to. Dis- I don't want to detract us um, from the goodness of this. Yeah. But maybe we can get back to this. But I have the question of because during the during that that article that that we read, you know, um, that. Um, Christianity is one of the five, or at least uh, Catholicism and, and Protestantism yeah. is one of the or one of the five uh, registered uh, religions in communist China. So how does that how does that work, and why is it and why is it that even though you have registered Christian churches, that most of that Christian body within China is are in Churches that aren't registered. Interesting, yeah. So, mm. to does anybody know how? Yeah, yeah how, does, to, how does anybody know how that works? So, to what to what works? I know based on friends who, well, I, I can even say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, well, to to friends who I uh, who I know who've gone to countries that uh, to spread the gospel news in in, in situations and contexts of similar to these. 
um yeah like the the church um they so the government has yeah like registered churches and they are only allowed to have services to my understanding in those churches mm. you're not they're not allowed to speak of uh jesus outside of the church they're not allowed oh. to to preach or talk in the streets or to hold bible okay. studies or to pray groups outside of the church so it's only in the registered churches mm. and knowing about the context of like what community is and, the, and what christianity entails and how to live a christian life it's like it's not just in the building oh my gosh it's not in the building but it's also like in our homes and in in our with our families with our friends we live out christianity we live out mm. our lives uh with jesus and so in, in a way, I think that's why there's a, a large sum of unregistered Christians in that in those regions. Undercover. Undercover. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah it, it makes it, sense. And they, fa- and they do face like prosecution. It mm-hmm. is illegal to, to be yeah, pre- preaching definitely. and to be praying and to talk about Jesus. In wow. places. Outside of the churches. Outside of the churches. I'm thinking about those Christians like in who are part of those registered like uh, churches. Like, what are they doing? They're just like going to church and that's it. And they can't. Pretty much. Wow. Because they can't talk about Jesus outside of man. Sounds or so. They, there's real danger in that. So it's really hard to really get to do evangelism. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because if you talk about it or invite a friend, <laughs> can you invite a friend? Is that allowed? Um, then you'll face prosecution. Well, if you don't talk about it outside, I mean, or is that just splitting hairs in terms of like the the. The you laws. Know, yeah, I mean, are you are you trying to circum? I mean, would it be seen as circumvention if you just say, "Hey, yeah, I've got I've, I've got a place to go to. You want to come with me? You know, then we can go off to wherever we've planned that we're supposed to go to <laughs> the church." And, because you know, yeah. because they're open to that that sort of thing. Would you guess, be? Um. Would you Would you be in trouble? Yeah, because yeah. You, you, know, you put yourself at risk in advertising this religion. Oh, wow. Like you, it's like it's not that officials will notice you. It's like friends of friends or friends your friend might even just report you like that's that's what the threat is mm-hmm. and that's why it's hard to like preach um yeah to preach the, the news the gospel news and so like what these individuals these christians who are spreading jesus in in light of the coronavirus that's huge that's big because that takes oh, a huge boldness of being not only caught but also to yeah they like they they're in exposure of the disease too right yeah <laughs> So, like, they're putting their physical lives, also their, like, yeah, their actual lives, because they, they, they might face for prosecution for that. Um, and, yeah, it takes a lot of boldness and courage that is really commendable and inspiring. Yeah, it's just an, it's, yeah, it's such an encouraging thing, because, like, at times, I'm just, like, here in, you know, Canada, here in Canada, and, like, I'm so comfortable, and I don't want to talk to my friend about Jesus, and, you know, like, I don't want to put myself out there in boldness, but I'm just like, wow, look at these people in China, and they're, like... They're risking their are, lives. They're risking um, their lives. On two fronts. On two, yeah, on two fronts, like, like on a on a physical level, and then, like, on a, what, a, like, a legal level, yeah. you'd say? I guess so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm just here, just like, oh, I'm good. Mm. I'm chilling. So that's why, like... When I see this, I'm like, it's beautiful, but it's also really challenging because I'm like, wow, like, why don't, why aren't we like this? Why don't we have that boldness? I know that persecution or like, I don't know if it's us in our rebellious nature, whether it's us as kids. But I mean, you know, when you're a kid, when you, when somebody tells you, no, you can't do this. What's the natural reaction? 
right? You want to, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah, a lot for of sure. us, that 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 happens. And I don't want to say that you know Christians are rebellious and we just you know we're 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 just naturally rebels. Uh, but I do. I, I mean, I know people that have come from countries where Christianity isn't allowed, where it is mm-hmm. outlawed, where you do get persecuted. Mm-hmm. You know, even until you know, even to you know, to the point of death. Yeah, um, and they and they and they come to you know, um, and they come to our third, or our first world country, and they're saying, you know, my my faith isn't what it used to be back then. Mm, definitely, yeah, right. Because back then we were, you know, we were on fire. Yeah, right. Uh, in the face of in in the face of opposition, you know, uh, you find boldness, you find strength, and you find courage to, you know, to 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 worship and to speak the name of God. And in the name of Jesus, um, you know, paradoxically, mm-hmm. right? you know, you, you would think that that would suppress it, but it doesn't. It it causes them to, you know, to push forward, to read, you know, to to read and delve into the word that much more, mm-hmm. right? Because they're told, I don't know, because they're told not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I and also like there's this dire need for hope in that region. Like it's it sucks that mm-hmm. all the medical centers are filled up. So. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you, as an elderly, have cardiac issues, you know, you're not going to be seen right away. It might take seven hours, eight hours to wait. They don't have readily accessible uh, like medical facilities. And if anything, they're all filled up. And if they have the one virus, then it's just all like, it's just all built up. And so then they don't, they're not seen right away. They get sick while waiting in line. Uh, there's a decrease of re- resources. And so it's just, so a lot of people are in panic mode uh, and a lot like based on like what uh what we can see and what the news that we've received and and what we see like yeah and so but and so for i feel like if there's a need there is also if if you're filled with like the holy spirit there's that that drive to help fill up like fill someone who's in need to help someone who's in need mm-hmm. and so if they're in need and they need hope i think that's a that's a, a good message to to send across to them okay. it's a timely message it's a purposeful like this is not the end you know if if something does end up happening to you like there there's christ at the end of it too mm-hmm. yeah so we're praying for wuhan yes. uh, and for all the people that are affected by the coronavirus um recovery um maybe upon you so we'll be praying, and we're praying for our brothers and sisters who are spreading the news of Jesus uh, in the streets of Wuhan. And yeah, we hope that you continue the good work and that um, that you continue to inspire us over here in this end, um, and that we'll be able to spread the news over here as well. So yeah, awesome news. So that's it for our episode this week. Uh, we hope that you're blessed and that you had fun uh, listening to us. And we hope that you join us again next week. Uh, you can reach us uh, at our socials, uh, Facebook, The Prodigals Podcast, Instagram, The Prodigals Podcast, but on Twitter, The, the Prodigals, Prodigals Pod. Pod. Yes. You know the reason by now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thank you again for joining us and we hope that you join us again next week in another episode of The Prodigal.